Hey, this is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch With Jen and Friends. If Watch With Jen is the studio track, this is the acoustic version. Today's guest is Sean Burns, a staff writer at WBUR's The Artery and a contributing writer at North Shore Movies. Sean Burns was Philadelphia Weekly's lead film critic from 1999 until 2013 and worked as the movie section contributing editor at The Improper Bostonian from 2006 until 2014. A graduate of New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, who received an award for excellence in criticism from the Greater Philadelphia Society of Professional Journalists in 2002, Sean's reviews, interviews, and essays have appeared in Metro, The Village Voice, The Boston Herald, Nashville Scene, Time Out New York, Philadelphia City Paper, Movie Mezzanine, The House Next Door, and RogerEbert.com. Sean's writing has been called jocular but serious, more like a 1940s daily reporter pounding out columns on a manual typewriter than a typical 21st century navel-gazing critic. But if you ask Sean's sisters, they'll just tell you that he swears too much and drives like an old lady. Very funny and imaginative, I once had the misfortune of sharing a podcast episode of Blake Howard's The Last 12 Minutes of the Mohicans with Sean, and it is safe to say that everyone who'd been laughing and marveling along with Sean Burns was undoubtedly disappointed by the time they reached my half of the podcast. I am so looking forward to talking about movies and writing and everything else with Sean today. So welcome, Sean, to Watch with Jen and Friends. I will dive right in. So, Sean, how are you doing and how have you been adapting to pandemic life? I'm doing better after that intro. Did you learn that trick from Blake? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, he kind of puts you at ease. Really, like ramps up up the self-esteem. But you can try. (laughs) (laughs) I used to say I wanted to hire Blake to be like my hype man at bars, or if I was like meeting a Tinder date or something, I could have Blake come and introduce me first. (laughs) Yes, that would be the best, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah, have Um, Blake follow you around everywhere with that accent and make you sound so like (laughs) prolific and yeah. It's really the only reason I do this podcast because I get such a kick out of the introductions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, God, what do you want a pandemic life? The the problem is I can't complain. Like, I mean, uh, you know, I'm 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 healthy. Knock on wood. Everyone in my family is okay. I'm I'm Good. doing reasonably well money wise, and I'm miserable and depressed and drinking too much. But like compared to everybody else, like I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, you know, when do you feel sorry for yourself? I just feel worse when I feel bad. Okay. Yeah. No, I got you. It's a weird time for sure. Well, one question I've been wanting to ask you is I know you went to all the film geeks dream school, NYU's (laughs) Tisch School of the Arts. I did. (laughs) But how did you first get interested in film and writing about movies? I was always um, a movie nut as a kid. I I was a real indoor kid. That was like... 
when we would go on vacation as kids, I always looked forward to the rainy days because that meant like we could go see Ghostbusters. Yeah, there something. you go. Yeah. Exactly. So that was always a thing. And then, um, you know, it just metastasized when I saw Goodfellas. That was my big turning yeah. point. I was 15 and my friends and I going to see that. It was like, that was the revelation. Like, oh, this is what movies can do, huh? Because yeah. I'd been, I'd really loved, you know, film before that, but that was when I understood what a director did, and mm-hmm. so that was why instantly I had to go to NYU because Martin Scorsese went to NYU. I know, right? <laughs> and actually, the the brochure said he taught there, which he actually taught grad students there, but I didn't know it just listed him and Spike Lee as faculty. <laughs> it's like that's where I want to go. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I used to joke that every NYU event, all they said, like the word, every sentence had to begin with the words Spike and Marty. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, I had a professor who had gone to AFI. And so we were always joking, how many times was he going to bring up AFI in a given uh, lecture? Like back at AFI, when I was at the American Film Institute, it's like, yeah, we know where you went. <laughs> yeah, I know. I used to not for years. I didn't mention it. I didn't want to be one of those people. Now I'm like, oh, fuck it. Who cares? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did go to NYU. <laughs> I know you it took ask, me so long but... to pay for it. I should be able to brag about it. right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And then writing about film. Did you want to go into directing or did you just yeah, always... I originally I originally wanted to be a director and then it turns out like I was really bad at it. Okay. That's a dilemma. Yeah. And I had, um, I had started writing about movies in college, just, um, or I would write uh, for the school paper, I would write about film and my friend would write about concerts. So I would okay. bring him with me to the free movies and he would bring me you know, with to the free concerts. Cause you know, shit was expensive in New York. Yes. So, uh, those so criticism was originally just a scam to see free movies. Yeah. A and good then, one. uh, and then I just sort of stuck with it. Actually, you know, someone from I went to college with had remembered, you know, we were friends. She remembered me from the newspaper. And she started editing a paper in Philly and called me up. And that was that. Oh, very cool. I like that. Well, if memory serves, you've also worked or you have experience with um, being a film projectionist. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I worked at a movie theater for, I managed a movie theater for years. I worked as a projectionist for 15 years. Okay. Well, what is something you wish everyone understood about projecting a film? And how much does it piss you off when it's done incorrectly? I can't see anything else. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're trained. You know, you spend 15 years looking to see if anything's wrong. Yeah. And then when it is, like, forget, I can't even pay attention to the movie. I lose my mind. I know. Yeah. And the, although the critic screenings in Boston, they have it the worst possible theater. It's this rundown AMC dump. And it was like always, always like the wrong lens in the projector. They'd have the 3D <laughs> filter on. They, they, they didn't know the difference between flat and scope one day. They were like projecting it all oh, distorted. And, and I'm back and rapping on the booth and yelling at the kid who was, you know, of course, it's a kid in an apron. He's selling popcorn and running upstairs <laughs> and pushing start on the movies because it's an AMC. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's an absolute nightmare. I would tell them, like, let me upstairs. I'll fix it. (laughs) Did they ever take you up on that? No. (laughs) No. Come on. Sean can do, yeah, jack of all trades. Why not? We had the worst. The most famous press screening was for the Tree of Life. Okay. And uh, 
they couldn't figure out how to shut off the projector with the word jumbles. <laughs> so the first you mean ten the minutes of the play movie at the beginning. It was just like all through the movie, they're just playing like Brad Pitt's name scrambled. Oh my God. Ads for the local car dealership. So eventually, like 10 minutes in, um, David Chen, when he lived in Boston, you know, the guy from Slash Film, the podcast, he held his iPad up over the little glass where the projector beam was coming out. (laughs) And that's how they stopped the word jumbles from projecting over the tree of life. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. David Chen was the hero that day. (laughs) He was the only person I knew with an iPad at the time, and he put it to good use, I'll tell you. (laughs) Yeah, that's why you bring your iPad, for sure. (laughs) Well, one of the most interesting things about your Twitter and your podcasting persona is you're incredibly funny, but then you also share links to your work that are like really profound and hard-hitting. I appreciated that review you wrote a few weeks back for a theatrical release where you flat out said like yes this is a good movie but no you should not go see it (laughs) and i I thought that was really ballsy and you made excellent points yes so how do you balance the two are you more like funny in real life and cerebral on the page vice versa like how do you find that good balance i know everyone in my life doesn't think i'm funny at all No, I mean, I figure when you write, you know, 90% of the people aren't going to see the movie. Yeah. So you better be entertaining. (laughs) And it's also the mix, too, because there's nothing worse than when you're reading something and someone's not writing about the movie. They're just doing their own stand-up comedy routine. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So there's always the the balance there. But I, I always try to think, like, read it. When I read it back, I'm like, what would someone who has no interest in this movie, why would they want to read this piece? Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, because I actually prefer to read criticism after I see the movie. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's interesting, yeah, (laughs) to think about it in a new way, I guess. Well, you mentioned your sister's criticism of your pieces. So, do they regularly (laughs) read your stuff and, like, send you notes? Oh, you know what that was in my bio? That was... um. I had it when, when I used to smoke cigarettes. It was that I smoke too much and drive like an old lady. That's what they always say. And then, oh, okay, that's where she went. I quit yeah. smoking and I needed, I didn't want to kill the joke. So, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Well, here's the question that drives everyone nuts, but I think you're going to be good at this one. So, let's say the pandemic's over, there's a vaccine, and you're asked to program some film screenings. You can do a triple feature, a mini festival. So what are you going to show us, and which theater do we have to annoy to make it happen? <laughs> oh, well, in Boston, it would have to be. We have, like, these beautiful theaters. Uh, the, okay. the Somerville Theater is 105 years old, or we have the Coolidge Corner Theater, or the Brattle. These wonderful, just unbelievable old movie palaces here. Yeah. You know, that's why it drives me crazy when I have to go see and go to an AMC to see something. <laughs> and have David <laughs> Chad, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm spoiled rotten by people who know how to turn off the word jumbles when the movie yes, starts. Yes, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it would definitely be one of those. And I don't know, we'd probably show, the, I mean, I have to show Goodfellas, right? Yeah, you have to. When it's one of the best movies ever. And then um, what can we do? We've got a little Fellini, right? We'll show La Dolce Vita. That's one of my other favorites. And okay. Yeah, this is going to be a long triple feature. Um, Hey, why not? 
<laughs> yeah, they're wrapping up with the Wild Bunch. That's probably the greatest movie I've ever seen. Sam Peck and Pop. Okay. Yeah, we're going for epics there. I like that. <laughs> I wonder why you to get your money's worth on that. <laughs> yes, on <laughs> the triple features. Well, what are some of your favorite movies? I see behind you this gorgeous poster of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, so, yeah. That was when I was a kid. I went to see that. I was My dad took me. I was like six years old. Uh-huh. And uh, I was convinced I was going to be terrified because one of um, my mom's friends had seen it and she was afraid of snakes and she got up and run out of the theater. <laughs> oh, really? I'm terrified <laughs> of snakes, too. So I always liked that about Indy. It was like, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I like nagged my dad the whole summer. Like, when can I see Raiders? When can I see Raiders? And he like finally took me. And I think it was even second run at that point where there was this dollar fifty theater. We okay. went to, and, uh, it's now uh, it's now a Target. but uh we went then as soon as we got there i saw the poster and was like i can't do this i'm gonna get too scared i'm too scared i'm only six years old what am i doing here (laughs) and he was just like we're here sit down and you know like (laughs) five minutes in i'm like oh this is funny yeah i'm gonna be fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know the first time he makes the dumb face when he tilts the hat when he picks up the thing he gets he gets the smirk and you're like oh all right this is fun yeah kind of tells you what the movie is going to be with that little gesture yes so that is that still a favorite or what are some of your oh, favorites absolutely. besides just, goodfellas of course yeah. yeah raiders was probably before goodfellas raiders was the yes. movie i had seen most times like you know that was the one my friends and i would you know we would wore out the vhs tape you know oh really VHS, that was when VHS was first a thing, it was unbelievable. Like, we can have the movie at our house. I know, yeah. For me, which Spielberg, it was the ET video, which was mm-hmm. actually green. Do you remember that at all? Or, yeah, well, I remember it was so long before it came out. It was yeah. huge. ET was just, I think they re release it every summer. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. Get their money's worth again and again and again. But yeah. And we had gotten a bootleg somehow from my sister's like fourth grade teacher had given us a copy of E.T. before the video came out. It was one of oh, wow. So <laughs> those crazy black market items. <laughs> yeah. You used to have to wait a long time. And then um, it was like Batman that changed it. Yeah. Batman was actually like the one... Uh, bootleg movie we had like I don't know if it was a friend gave it to a relative gave it to us and it was like oh my god we have Batman yeah it was the coolest but it was thing. so fast because like the movie came out in June and then the, the tape was out for Christmas yeah I know oh, we say fast but back then <laughs> that was fast before it was oh like, yeah you just have to wait, wait like a year, a year for it. yeah I know. And then you watch the tape over and over again. You're like, geez, I don't think Batman's a very good movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know because you've been building up and waiting for this year. Like, this is the best movie ever. And then, there's a lot of Robert Wool in this movie. (laughs) I actually still love Batman. But yeah, that would happen on occasion for some movies for sure. Yes. So, okay, Raiders, Goodfellas, we know Wild Bunch. And La Dolce Vita. What are some of your other favorite ones? Uh, Blue Velvet was a huge one for me. Okay. Yeah. I rented that with uh, a friend of mine. We were babysitting. We must have been like 11 or 12. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, <laughs> and all I knew was like, like my totally. Uncle Terry. He was like the quietest, most mild-mannered veterinarian, my Uncle Terry. And he'd be like, Blue Velvet is the best movie <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so when it came out on oh video, God. my buddy and I rented it and we were like babysitting the neighbor's kids and we put the kids to bed and we watched Blue Velvet and it was over and he just turned to me and he goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what is wrong with your Uncle Terry? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I don't know, but we're watching it again. And I remember yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I remember like looking over my shoulder the first time I watched it. Like I had to go down the hall to get water and the whole time I'm like, is Dennis Hopper like fucking behind me right now? Like, oh my God. It was so scary. Yeah. I got to see it last year at the Coolidge Corner Theater did a midnight and I saw it with a bunch of people who'd never seen it before. And oh, wow, does that movie work them over, especially on the huge screen at midnight with the sound. Oh God. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just looking at their faces afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) There was one time I was in high school because that movie just kept coming around like every ever you know the Brattle, all the repertory theaters would put Blue Velvet over it, and we'd go every time because there's nothing like seeing Blue Velvet in the theater. And I remember I'm with a bunch of my friends who were probably 16 years old, and the movie's over, and there's this older guy. He's probably my age now, but he seemed really old. Big beard. (laughs) And he's halfway out of the theater, and he's just leaning on, like, the armrest. And he's like, what was that, guys? <laughs> <laughs> we're laughing. We're quoting all the lines. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's great. So, so, yeah, Blue Velvet was a very informative. I had a, yeah. uh, in high school, I had a Frank Booth T-shirt with a picture of Hopper with the, the mask the on. Mask. And, it's a, oh, and it said, don't you fucking look at me. So whenever it went in <laughs> When it went in the laundry, my mom would hide it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you'd be looking for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she didn't want to. She didn't want me wearing it, but I bought it with my own money, so she couldn't throw it out. Ah, uh, gotcha. <laughs> so I just have to like tear apart my room and be like behind the bureau or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was weird. Now that I'm like a 16 year old walking around with "Don't you fucking look at me" on my chest. That's. <laughs> you know what though? That that really goes with 16, pretty much. I mean, yeah. Right. <laughs> It's like a walking chip on the shoulder shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess we were all pretty angsty at that age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. Were there other ones that you remember just blowing your mind? Uh, it was all after that I got in the whole Scorsese Lynch trip, you know, like yeah. Taxi Driver was a huge, I've watched Taxi Driver so many times, I don't think I can watch Taxi Driver again. <laughs> You watched it too much. You're like, not yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like I burn. I would burn myself out on movies like Pulp Fiction. I totally. Oh, I did too. Myself. Yeah, I saw that like five times at the theater that year. It was like, who else can I bring that's never seen that? Because part of the that's fun, exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, part of the fun was bringing somebody who had no idea what they were getting into, and then they're <laughs> looking at you like, why are they talking about hamburgers right now? Like, you know. <laughs> I thought this was a gangster movie. Yeah. So it was always fun. I remember we, we went to, um, it was a New Year's Day, and my mom loves Michael Douglas, and she really wanted to see Disclosure. She uh-huh. was like, kids, do you want us to go see Disclosure? And we're like, no. No. Goes, Fine, do you want to go see Pulp Fiction? And we said, yes. <laughs> oh, and, of man. course, my, my youngest sister was probably, she must have been 13, that's how old I was when I saw it. So, yeah. Her inappropriate so I was a laughter. weirdo for 13, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> Were you laughing inappropriate at all the inappropriate moments? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
I actually left Catholic school that day, and it was Friday, so you could wear what you want. Um, and, you know, nobody carded you at that age. I mean, come on. It was back in the 90s. Nobody cared. So it was me and this other girl from Catholic school, like, going to Pulp Fiction. And I always <laughs> felt bad, like, did I corrupt her? But anyway. <laughs> it was, like, was going to happen sooner or It later. was going to happen, just- yeah. I know. Yeah, I remember that time there were these, because, you know, that was New Year's. The movie had been out since September. You know, the movie just stayed out for nine months. Like, movies used to. Yes. <laughs> they, just, they would have the ad in the paper, like, 37th Smash Week. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but there was these two middle-aged women in front of us, and when they brought out the gimp, one turned to the other one and says, this is sick, I'll be in the car. And <laughs> <laughs> laughed, and I was wondering, like, there's still another hour and ten so minutes. So going, yeah. <laughs> was she in the car the whole time? Well, she brought the keys. It was cold. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so, always so interesting. You were, yeah, nobody, nobody ever carded. I was, you know, the, there was like yeah. so strange when I started working in a movie theater and they started having. It was after Columbine. All of a sudden, they decided that they had ratings policies. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> It was like, yeah. oh, really? You think the Matrix is it's the Matrix's fault? <laughs> yeah, I know it was the Matrix that got blamed for a while. I was like, come on, you guys! But so, did you work at a theater? Was that like your first job? Well, it was my first, but I did end up yeah in college. I started working at a theater, and then I also worked at a video store when I was at school. I did both okay. the movie usher and the. I would say working at the video store was like the best I've ever been for a job. I've never been more suited for anything. Yeah, because it was just me telling people what they should watch and arranging stuff <laughs> on shelves. They wanted it. No, <laughs> you're, I like, to you're know not getting my disclosure. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> 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 I've still never seen disclosure. That's fine. I actually have never seen it either. <laughs> we should totally watch this. Yeah, then, we should have yeah. a while. We'll live. We'll, we'll tweet it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sean and Jen do disclosure. <laughs> I know, a big Michael Douglas fan, too. Yeah, we should start it out with, like, we should be watching Pulp Fiction right now. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It always, I'm always a huge, like, a huge Michael Douglas fan, but it's always fascinated me that, like, he had an entire genre of movie that was just, like, him tripping over his dick. (laughs) He was. I know, right? (laughs) <laughs> and that was just every movie. There was like a Michael Douglas, yeah. oh, he has sex with the wrong woman in this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was his superpower. Yes. <laughs> he is going to seduce or be seduced by the wrong woman, and it's going to lead to his downfall. Yeah. So I was so impressed that when they finally made a sexual harassment movie, it was about yeah. him being harassed by a beautiful woman. <laughs> I know, but of course it's him being harassed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. They finally confronted this serious subject. I know. Yeah. Come on, Michael Douglas. <laughs> yeah, if anyone can specialize in that, that would be Michael Douglas for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's a really good actor, I know. Yeah, those were he was in all those dirty movies. What we could walk right into in the movie theater and nobody yep. ever said anything. <laughs> no, no problems whatsoever. I know. <laughs> That was kind of the era of like the legal thrillers too, because all the John Grishams were out. Oh, there were so many conspiracy thrillers, and yeah, not as good as the ones in the seventies, but you know, 
They were fun. No, movies. and then everybody did a Grisham movie. It was like Francis Ford yes. Coppola did one and Robert Sydney Altman Wallach, did one. Altman. <laughs> I have that one over there somewhere. Yeah, I got to watch that again. Wasn't I remember great, that was the only one I liked because it seemed like Altman didn't like John Grisham either. <laughs> no, he was just making this atmospheric thing. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to have a hurricane and Kenneth <laughs> Brown is going to play Bill Clinton. And then. <laughs> yes, I know. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of a forgotten movie. I think. But... Yeah, the gingerbread man. Yep. <laughs> Everybody rent that. No. So, what have you been watching lately? Is there anything you'd like to recommend? Yeah, there's a great movie in virtual theaters now called The Hole. Okay. I don't know if you've seen this. It was from yeah. 1998. It was uh, Sai Meng Lang. I'm probably saying it wrong. And uh, it's uh, been re-released to, to virtual theaters now because it's set during a pandemic. Oh, really? <laughs> and, oh, wow. And, and there's this uh, apartment and most of the people have uh, evacuated and abandoned. And there's this guy and this girl and like he lives upstairs from her. And there's a hole in the apartment floor. Okay. And it's gradually the relationship that develops them between this hole in the ceiling. That, you know, at, first, <laughs> at first, he's coming home drunk and vomiting into the hole when he can't make it to the bathroom. But then eventually... <laughs> That's their meat cute? No. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. What a horrible meat cute. Yeah. Like, it's one of those uh, great yeah. like Taiwanese slow cinema movies. There's hardly oh, any okay. dialogue. <laughs> and the whole key to the woman's inner life is every once in a while... There's this incredible musical number set to the 50 songs of Grace Chang where Ooh. she's lip syncing them in these elaborate costumes, but she's still in the shitty leaky apartment. Okay. And I <laughs> thought like, what a great, <laughs> it's like a great quarantine movie because like even your wildest fantasies are still in your crappy room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to check that one out. That sounds wild. Yeah. I actually rented it twice. I liked it so much. Oh, wow. Okay. The whole. All right. Anything else you've been checking out? Oh, you know, I'm so bad at this. I should keep a, a friend of mine used to keep a list in his pocket. Like you would have like a notebook. I need to do that too. People would be like, oh, you write about movies. What should I watch? It's like, have I seen a movie? Like, I have no idea what to tell you. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And then it's also my videos start turning. I don't know them. So I don't want to like get them exactly. mad. Like, it's like, tell me what you'd like. And then I can maybe <laughs> steer you. Yeah. They used to maybe ask that not the disclosure. Movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're just dragging on this movie. No, I'm sorry. We've never seen it. But anyway, go on. <laughs> when I worked at the movie theater, I was like, that you'd be selling tickets. And everyone would be like, what's good? And I'm like, I don't know what you like. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I would just make up, I'd say, like, I hated Jurassic Park. I didn't hate Jurassic Park, but I would just say that so they wouldn't bother me for my opinion. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get people, like, walking out of movies? What were the big walkouts when you worked there? Oh, God. So, well, for the longest time I worked in an art house, and those people weren't as bad. But when I worked okay. at it for, a few, for a few years at a multiplex... The worst was when all the awards movies would like make the jump from the art theaters. Oh, gotcha. You know, they would play at the multiplex for like two weeks at the most. Yeah. And it was like leaving Las Vegas or something. It was like, oh no, we, we, we shouldn't have gotten that. Like I know he won an Oscar, <laughs> but no. Oh my God. And you know, the elderly just streaming for the exits. I actually saw that with my parents. We had no idea what it was about. 
we had no clue. We were like, oh, it's the girl from Karate Kid, and it's Nicholas Cage. <laughs> oh, no. How was and, that drive home? Oh, my God. The quietest. Like, what was hilarious is I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and so we were all really polite Midwesterners. So nobody, like, said shit during the movie. We were all just uncomfortable and just quiet. <laughs> and then on the way home, just, like, no one said a thing. And then a few hours later, we admitted, you know, it was a very good movie, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, so that was awkward. Yeah. So you were in Minneapolis. That was the year of Fargo, wasn't it? Yes, Fargo. That played interestingly. We were all like, we don't talk like that, but that's part of the fun, though. Yes. Yeah. And you went from Minneapolis to Arizona. Like you really must hate the snow. I I kind of do. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, but you know, it's basically. We always joke it's winter and road construction. Those are the two seasons in Minnesota. And so basically it goes from like October to April is winter and then road construction. It's, I mean, I love Minnesota. The people are nice and everything, but yeah, couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I want to be able to go outside. And then of course in Arizona, we just like, stay in our damn houses i was gonna <laughs> say like you really went, to, you really overcompensated i <laughs> did yeah i think i belong in like california but who can afford it so yeah i've been yeah. to arizona like in february and we know i was wearing a jacket <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird at first isn't it yeah that was just weird enough because everyone was armed <laughs> yes oh my god that was so scary i went to the library and there was a sign up uh, like no weapons past this point and you're like what the fuck like this is a library yeah so then yeah, it was i was working at a as a projectionist at a, at a film festival and i went to go get to park and there's like a guy with this huge like dirty hairy gun oh my god <laughs> And I'm holding up like my, my P sticker for projection. <laughs> the P spot. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What festival was that? Uh, Sedona. Okay. Uh, oh, Sedona is an interesting place. Yeah. Yeah. I was the yeah. only one who didn't have any turquoise jewelry. It was weird. <laughs> yes. I know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Oh, oh, I'm blanking on their names. The magicians that had that show on Showtime. Um, teller. Yes, thank you. I was blanking on their name. They used to call it like, and now we return to the Sedona channel, the all nut bar channel or something like that. And it was so true. Yes. Oh no, I'm going to get hate mail from Sedona now, but it's a beautiful place. No, it was, it was the most like not fitting in because my friend yeah. who I went with, the guy who trained me to be a projectionist, he had a very similar temperament. So we just like kind of bark and swear at each other all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and the festival director's wife is just like, does everybody in Boston talk to each other the way you do? Because that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did they try to like give you any crystals or tarot? Yeah, they were telling us we had okay. to zone out because the way we talk to each other, like, hey, you know, shithead, pass me that thing over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you just have this aura. aura. You really got yeah. <laughs> yeah. People were walking up to us like, you must not be from around here. <laughs> Is that obvious? <laughs> I know. Oh my God, that's funny. Yes. So, how about you? Did you live in Philadelphia at all? I know you've written. I for never that. lived in Philadelphia. Okay. No, I would just um, hit send. Oh, okay. 
So you're just kind of Boston and New York. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the movies would actually come out earlier in Boston than in Philadelphia because it was higher in the market in terms of you know the the tiered releases, the wide releases oh, gotcha. on the same day. But if it was like a foreign or art film, it would always be in Boston a couple of weeks before Philadelphia. So oh, I wouldn't cool. even have to bother with the terrible screenings. I could see it at a real theater. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was usually my own, the one I was running where I would watch everything. But okay. That was so ideal, having to... my own place. Like, I'd just throw the movies on at midnight after everybody left. <laughs> <laughs> like, time to watch this. Yes. Are you a note taker? No, no. I heard oh, you guys. Wow. Who were you talking to? Oh, it was Bailey you were talking to. I couldn't yeah, believe. Yeah, we're obsessive. Yeah. The Bailey system, I'm like in awe. That must take forever. <laughs> yes. I don't know how he has time to have a family. <laughs> <laughs> He's the hardest working. I know. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I can't. I've never been able to take notes. And then if I do start to write something down, I feel like I'm looking down too long and I miss something. And I'm... Yeah, that's true. If I'm writing down, if I'm watching a screen or even, I always end up having to back it up. I'm like, oh shit, I missed something. So, yeah, I'm terrible. I know people who, yeah, they'll write the whole movie and like I've sat with Matt Seitz, he draws like sketches of shots he, he likes. He does. It's crazy. I know. I, I'll draw things with stick figures every great once in a while, but no, Matt's very, yeah, <laughs> hands on with it for sure. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it if I'm not looking at the screen. Like, that's why I need to sit, like, in the fourth row. I need the screen to encompass my peripheral vision. Oh, that's funny. I remember in college, I went out with a girl, and we went to a movie, and she needed to sit in the back row. Okay. And it was a New York theater, so it was, like, 800 seats. So there's, like, 800 oh, no. people between <laughs> me and the movie, and you could barely hear it at that point. And uh, every time anyone goes to the bathroom, you know, you got the door opening. And I was like, tell her, this will never, this one's never going to work between us. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it right then. Just, like, where do you like to sit in the theater? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the rumor got started that I broke up with her because she didn't like face-off. Oh, are you serious? It was face off. Yeah. You really kind of want to sit closer for that movie. Come on. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, it wasn't just that she didn't like it, but yeah. that was a tell. It kind of is. If you don't like face off, I mean, what? Yeah. Not good. I wouldn't be as shallow as to break up with someone just because they didn't like a movie. But then, you know, she sat in the wrong place. And then she yeah. said, you know what I think is a great movie? Dead Poet Society. And I said, I have got to leave. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay so now that we're on it peter weir he is a great filmmaker though what's your favorite peter weir movie oh probably master and commanders probably oh really favorite. okay all right that's the one i watch the most at least okay I, i've probably yeah. seen witness more because that was witness was the first r-rated movie i saw in the theater oh really okay i don't even know what it was because my parents were just like ah whatever so <laughs> <laughs> no this was a thing so my, my dad, well, my dad and we'd watch everything on TV, but somehow going to the theater was different. Like, yeah, I could watch the deer hunter on TV with him, but God forbid I went to a theater to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But I remember witness. It was all, you know, he was like, okay, it's right now. There's going to be a scene with nudity. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so the scene happens and he starts elbowing me to get my attention. And I'm like, yeah, just a minute, dad. <laughs> <laughs> the scene's over and I was like, what? And he was like, forget it. <laughs> what were you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I was totally not even paying attention. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so 
What I've always wanted to know is, was it weird for you in school to have that De Niro thing? You know, it was, he wasn't like my only crush, but yeah, it was. I was the strange ranger, I tell you. Yeah, it was It was odd. Because like, you must have been in high school around like, like Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it started in middle school and I had like the Goodfellas poster up in my bedroom. So... <laughs> And I was, you know, so like everybody else had, you know, 90210 and Chris O'Donnell. Yes, exactly. I had the posters up in my room were Goodfellas, The Usual Suspects, Pulp Fiction and Vertigo. And it was like, yeah, that's why Jen, all of her friends are 95% dudes, basically. (laughs) I I was going to say that looks like a dude NYU dorm. Yes. I know it was crazy. <laughs> I would try to, you know, I just couldn't get into that stuff mainly. I mean, Chris O'Donnell, those were fun movies, but no, let's watch good. No, Jimmy Conway. No, he is not. Yeah, <laughs> it was so nice too to have De Niro not like you know flipping a table over and scaring the shit out of his family and raging bull. You're like, then you feel really weird about your crush. You're like, no. Or I watched. <laughs> I watched Cape Fear with somebody, and the whole time they were like staring at me, like "This is your guy," and I was like, "Yeah, I don't like this, De Niro." <laughs> like, yeah, or Untouchables. You're like, "No, not this, De Niro." <laughs> but, yeah, I know it was funny. And then, of course, I saw Heat, and then people were like, "Okay, now I see it a little bit." Like, yeah, you. they're starting to get yeah. it. It's very- yeah. <laughs> Just, I remember the know. funniest story I heard on this from the set of Mad Dog and Glory. One of the, the costume designer was talking about how, uh, you know, they're trying to get Bill Murray in all these Armani gangster suits. Uh-huh. And whatever they put on Bill just instantly wrinkled. <laughs> <laughs> and he just couldn't wear anything. And then, you know, De Niro is supposed to be playing this schlub. So they're getting these off the rack, crappy clothes from like Marshalls. And whatever they put on Bob just hung perfectly. You know? <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know what's so weird about that is he dated Uma when they were making it and now they're in a movie together and she's playing his daughter and it's just, oh, it's very (laughs) creepy. Yes. I saw they were in one and it it said the word grandpa and I'm like, Jesus Christ, she better not be playing his daughter. And then you see the trailer and she's like, dad. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's how Hollywood works. Remember when Going back to our friend Michael Douglas, remember when Gwyneth Paltrow played his wife that he was trying to kill? Oh, yeah, in Perfect Murder with Vigo. Yes. <laughs> but, like, she wasn't even his trophy wife. She was, like, the nag wife he was trying to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gwyneth, stop making candles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was years before Goop, but maybe Douglas do a thing or two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Like the Um, best description I heard for Contagion was Gwyneth Paltrow makes the whole world sick. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate plot summary. Oh, poor Gwyneth. Yes. (laughs) I always forget I really like her in movies because she's such an annoying public persona. Yeah. I don't think she's like not really even in show business anymore. But I see her in a movie and I'm like, oh, she's great. Yes. <laughs> the one I was going to watch with her recently that I remember really liking in the early 90s was Flesh and Bone. 
Oh, she was great in that. She was. I think that might have been her kind of crossover movie. But yeah. Yeah, I remember my friend seeing that before I did, and he was just raving. He's like, You gotta see this girl. She's unbelievable. It's White Panther's kid. (laughs) (laughs) We used to pride ourselves on spotting people. Like, I remember I saw this boy's life on opening day, because, you know, I saw every De Niro movie on opening day. I would leave school at lunch. I'd leave school at lunchtime on Friday and go to the movies. Wow. Okay. And, we would have uh, been best friends, but anyway, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> so I went to see, you know, I was like, oh, De Niro's in a movie and he beats the crap out of his kid. And I came <laughs> out of it going, I was like, that kid blew De Niro off the screen. <laughs> I know. He was amazing. Now, I didn't fit in with the girls again because everybody was in love with Leo. Leo looks like my maternal grandfather. Like, identical (laughs) to the point that, like, people would come to our house and see this old black and white photo and be like, why do you have a black and white photo of Leonardo DiCaprio in your entryway? (laughs) (laughs) Like, we know you like movies, and I'm like, that's not Leo. But, so yeah, I could never get into Leo that way, but, but (laughs) what an amazing actor in that movie. Jeez. So good. Well, it's funny, because ever since then, I've been calling him the kid, and he's like, you know, He's six months older than me. <laughs> I'm still like, this kid. It's also because he looked 12 until about three or four years ago. He <laughs> did. Yeah, even in Wolf of Wall Street, you're like, this kid. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, yes. That was, what, what a movie that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember I saw that like a month before it came out, and I asked the, for the rep. I was like, this isn't like going to come out in theaters like this. is <laughs> I know. I was in shock. I was like, this was Scorsese? Like, at first, the first 10 minutes, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) I remember I turned to my friend I was sitting with, and one particularly disgusting moment, I said to her, a 72-year-old man made this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And it wasn't Michael Douglas. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it really was just the sequel to Goodfellas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. But then, yeah, it just shows what I know. They came out on Christmas Day and made, like, $300 million. <laughs> yes. Isn't it always crazy to see what comes out on Christmas Day because of Oscar bait? You're like, Gangs of New York for Christmas. Or, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the big prestigious movies like that I could see, but just this, like, disgusting comedy that happens to be yeah. three hours long. <laughs> and sure enough, it was a blockbuster. I, I know so yeah. many people who never went to the, you know, they go to the movies once in the summer and then at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that was the Christmas movie for so many people. Oh, I knew. Yeah. Can you imagine going through family to that one? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I know people who did. I was like, how did you do? How did that go? Because <laughs> you got past the opening butt scene, right? And then you yeah. just <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's always weird because uh, I, I worked in movie theaters so long that now I won't go anywhere near a movie theater between Christmas and New Year's. Mm. Like, those two weeks are just off limits. I see everything early for awards voting and critics. Yeah. Voting. So I, I usually, you know, I'll have the screeners and stuff and all that, but I wouldn't. It was a nightmare when I ran a theater. I would work every single one of those days for those two weeks. Oh, and, man. Yeah. And you have no staff and everything sells out because everybody's coming to the movies because everybody's off work for two weeks. And Yes. And what else are you going to do? Yeah. They're yeah. also sick of their families at that point. Yeah. Like, at that point, they're like, hell, let's go watch Wolf of Wall Street as a family because 
if I have to play cards one more time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's true. It's sort of. <laughs> you know, we used to joke with my family that we, we would go to the movies every Sunday because it was the thing where we wouldn't have to talk to each other. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Oh, your family cracks me up. That's great. <laughs> the teen years were rough, you know. It was nice to yeah. just spend two hours sitting quietly and not speaking. <laughs> like, now, Sean, if we go, no, you got to be quiet. No, that's too bad. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much. This was a riot. I don't know the last time I laughed this hard doing one of these. Oh, I'm so, I'm so I'm honored to be on the list of seeing, you know, <laughs> you have all uh, my favorite people on this show. <laughs> Oh, I wanted to have you on. I didn't want to hit up everyone at once because, yeah, because then you get all these no's. It's not like we have anywhere to go, Jen. I know. (laughs) Like, yeah, I guess I'll talk to that De Niro obsessive. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I actually find it hard because, like, I know I spend too much time on Twitter and things and get upset over dumb things. But it's really the only social outlet we have left. <laughs> Isn't it? I know. It's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of like forces you to get outside your... Like, I'm actually conversing with people. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. No. <laughs> I know. It's nuts. Like, all that, you know, I, I used to work at a restaurant and things and all that, you know, to be in contact with non-movie people is a good thing sometimes. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> It's always good to have some people in life who just don't give a shit about your interests and you can <laughs> I know. Yeah. To kind of you're like upset about some minuscule thing in a film and they're like, What is that movie? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> or it's good to be around people who aren't on the internet because like when you tell them like what the internet is mad about that day, they just stare at you like you have three heads. <laughs> I know. I know it cracks me up. Yes. <laughs> People are really upset about that. Well, it's outrageous that I don't. Yeah, so and so thinks this, and they're like, "Do you ever talk to that person?" No. Then why do you care? Yeah. I can't help it. There's somebody wrong on the internet. I can't go to sleep. I know. We all have to point our finger at once. No. (laughs) (laughs) I know the crazy pylons and things. Yes. (laughs) So terrifying. Yes. Well, anytime you want to do a tweet along of disclosure, let me know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe. I normally can... don't agree with live tweeting, tweeting first yeah. time things, but yeah, that, that might be sense. worth it. Maybe we can get Matt to draw some people <laughs> and, <laughs> and get Jason to, you know. Yeah, I want to see Jason's sheets. notes for disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> the forty-seven yeah. drafts. So I know. <laughs> Then I do a save as for that. I, I was just in awe. I'm like, boy, I just kind of type it out. But yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, wow, I just kind of think about the movie a lot and run it around my head. And that's, you know, wait until I have yeah. to turn it in. <laughs> yes. Wait till the last minute. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, usually yeah. by the time I've kicked it around in my head for so long, that by the time I sit down, I know what I'm going to write. Okay. Yeah. That's the way it so. goes. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's got their own system. I was impressed, and I was like, that would take me forever, but very (laughs) cool. Well, again, this was so much fun, and I want to thank Sean. It was nice talking (laughs) to you. Yes. Well, we'll do it again. (laughs) 
This is Jen Johans of FilmIntuition.com or FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen and Friends.